Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to motherfucking Riverdale, chapter 22, The Wrestler. Ugh, can I say these people are working my motherfucking nerves. Only first act of this episode has just blown me. Uh, Archie with the FBI agent. Can we, I am very much convinced that this is a figment of his imagination. But at the same time, Jughead's doing the intro again or the narration and he mentions the guy so i'm thinking maybe not but i don't know even if he's not it's such a weird setup between archie and him and i'm sick and tired of it like this is a child i feel as if if you're a real fbi agent there are channels in place so there's something in place that would you wouldn't need a 15-year-old boy to help you solve your crime or whatever. And then in the event that you did, I feel like there would be other security measures in place where you're not meeting with this kid in his fucking garage. Like, it's just weird. I don't I don't like this at all. Uh, moving on, Cheryl shows campaigning for her great-great-great-granddad to be honored instead of Pickens, who is uh, Riverdale's founder or some shit that's going on, which... We'll come back later to bite a couple people in the ass. Um, Cheryl's wearing this big-ass spider brooch, as she does, because she's apparently a 40-year-old woman living in the body of a 15-year-old child. Uh, interesting, I guess. I'm just not moved. I'm sick and tired of Jughead. He is my least favorite character. And if I never see him again, it will be all too soon. <laughs> now, hearkening back to the days where I used to watch Scandal like crazy, There was an Illuminati meeting, apparently, (laughs) between Mary McCoy, Sheriff Keller, The Lodges, Fred Andrews, and who else but Veronica? Where else? At Fred's house, which was so weird. So apparently Archie's out auditioning or auditioning, practicing (laughs) at basketball practice or trials or whatever, while these guys are here having a meeting about Pickens Day and about the Southside parents are upset. They're calling the mayor every day to get the school back open. I'm just like, a lot of this does not feel right. A lot of this feels as if if this should happen the way it did in real life, there'd be a bunch of you motherfuckers in jail. Like something isn't right there. Um, taking a couple steps back, we know that the lodges are doing this. They're putting a sizable amount of money into the mayor's reelection fund campaign to buy the serpent land, the Southside land that the school is on. I'm so confused. What is your end goal? Um, as the River Dames girl said before, who are you even running against? Like, there's nobody else expressing interest at being the mayor of Riverdale. This shithole of a suburban slash city slash town. I don't know. Um, so, God. Veronica is beginning to be too fucking much for me. Now, she's consistent. She's consistently written. She's the same Veronica she's been over the past few episodes and seasons. But during this conversation, she interrupts and is like, Oh, Mayor, au contraire, all chef, all son, all blue, all... Like, girl, shut the hell up. Just speak like a normal child would speak. She's like, oh, this isn't going to be, you know, that was for the investors. This will be for the South Side. Two halves is one whole coming together. The yin and the yang. The alpha and the omega. This, I'm like, oh, Veronica, shut the fuck up. 
what are you doing at this adult's meeting anyways? And what are you doing at this adult meeting in your boyfriend's house? And you said not what, like, oh, God. So Archie comes in, and he's like, oh, did I interrupt anything? Like, oh, no, you big dummy. And um, he says something about being invited, and he was at football or basketball. I don't know, whatever. But what happened is when the Hiram's, Hiram's, when the Lodges stood up to leave, Hiram Lodge was, like, really cold to him. Now, I don't know, it's we, that don't seem consistent with his character. I feel as if the interactions that they've had, Archie and Hiram, have been relatively pleasant lately. Like, he's been trying to, um, even if it's a facade, put on this air that he is actually likes Archie. So now this random, you know, 180 of him not liking Archie, this is weird. Additionally, Archie goes in to kiss Veronica. She's like, oh, I would, but you're sweating and such and such. And I'm thinking, like, y'all have fucked countless times. The first of which being in the bathroom shower after his father was almost murdered. Like, what? Sweat? That was such a weird... That's what, I don't I don't know how I feel about these characters. They are trash. All of them. Now, uh, we go to Chick and the Coopers, which he's sitting there so oddly just at the table while Betty or excuse me Hal grills him and Alice is doing everything under the sun to walk, walk on eggshells he's like oh how long you be here well he'll be here as long as he wants uh what kind of work do you do you don't have to answer that it's just such a weird conversation and it's like they've completely forgot about Polly like again this is still a minor you can go get your daughter you don't have to settle with the Polly replacement which is even more of a slap in the face to him because it's like yeah we finally came after you but quite as it's kept we only did that because we lost another child like we're child protective services the Coopers don't need any children Betty is the parent in that household so um him and Betty share this moment where he's like explaining to how you know the guy who was beating me up is my landlord essentially his pimp who's sending him John's to you know hook up with he said i just didn't feel like hanging out the day you guys came and you know he beat me up and sometimes they're nasty and sometimes they're nice just speaking in riddles like nigga just say that you're a sex worker and that is the guy who orchestrates your sessions like just say that all this talking in riddles nigga calm down chick and he to me is very scary looking like not like i'm frightened he just has a very odd look where if he was maybe cleaned up and had on the suit he might not give that same impression but he's frightening he looks nothing like the cooper's past having blonde hair so mm, there's that but him and betty share this moment where she's like oh he says and i have the scars to prove or to show what i've done and she says oh i have scars too crescent moon's in my hand i'm thinking like bitch what the hell does that have to do with it you lead two totally in different lives what do you digging your nails so he says oh from digging your nails into your palm oh yeah i do that oh yeah i used to do that too what the fuck are we talking about like it, what the hell it was so weird i'm like becky this is not this is not the time to discuss you and these aren't scars she said it as if she had a rough life and over her life she's gotten these scars. no you purposely for whatever reason dig your nails into your skin that's not the same as being beat up or attacked or roughed up during one of your sessions as a sex worker this that's like that that was such an odd thing for me and i don't know if the like that was weird now if that was weird to you let me know in the comments soundcloud or hit me up on twitter carefree blur using the hashtag wtrpod it was very odd 
Because like, what the hell are you doing, Betty? That that's I don't know. I don't know. That took me out of the scene. Now, up until this point, it has for the most part been established from the first time we've seen Chick that he's in a seedy little motel. So we have to know that first mind is either drug dealer or sex worker. Then we see him fighting with homeboy named it's like Marcel Marseille or some shit. And he we have to assume again, either, you know, drugs or sex worker or something. Then he's just telling you out of his mouth in so many words, yes, I am a sex worker. So keep that in mind as we move to the next scene where we have uh, <laughs> Archie in the, well, not this scene, but after this, but we have Archie and the FBI agent in the garage. And this is the thing that kills me about Archie. He's such a fucking idiot. First and foremost, if this FBI agent is real, let's operate under the assumption he's an actual person. One, he should be following Archie as he's been following him. Why would you stop just because you kind of have a deal with him to work on the lodges? That's stupid. Uh, secondly, they're talking about, I think the FBI agent gives him some like letter that's like your father will be exempt and he'll never you know, go to jail if we ever uncover whatever Hiram's doing. So I get that. Then Archie, like, out the blue in the conversation, like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is crazy because the lodges were just at my house yesterday and they were talking with the mayor and this and that. And I'm thinking, like, that's something that you lead with. That's when he walked in the house and saw the lodges there. First thing he should have did when everything was all clear was to call the FBI agent and say, hey, by the way, it was just very weird. Even if Archie was actually a 15 year old, I feel like that's where your mind would go is to contact this guy who's been following you and kind of blackmailing you into getting dirt on your girlfriend's family. But he didn't. And then he randomly brings it up as if, like, nigga, you should have led with that. Like, what? <clears throat> I don't know. So moving past that shit show of a storyline, we get um, Betty sitting in the cool kids lounge because they don't go to school anymore, talking with Veronica and uh, Kevin and uh jughead and she's showing a picture of her brother and talking about um kevin's like oh he's such a beefcake or hottie or whatever the fuck he says oh it'd be nice if we could meet him but you're keeping him locked up and betty's response is we're getting him acclimated like he um something so i'm thinking this isn't a pet this is a whole grown-ass man i'm trying to get him to trust me so meeting your friends is going to Stop him from trusting you. This is a whole adult who is 18 goddamn years old at the very least. What the fuck are you doing? Like, so weird. So, Kevin says, oh, he looks very familiar. Jughead says, oh, from your adventures in the woods. And I know it wasn't an accusatory or a thing to humiliate him, but it was just such a weird callback. Like, to all the shit that he's been through and all the stuff that he's done. Could we have said maybe, I don't know, you and Joaquin saw him at a party. Y'all were at a gay club or something. It's like, oh, your adventures in the woods. You know the episode where you were just having sex uncontrollably in the woods and could have been killed because gay people can only have sex in the woods? Such a weird ass. I don't know. I'm, I'm over it. So, then we, now again, keep that chick sex worker slash drug dealer slash sex worker thing in your head. So, we get on to... Jughead going with Tony to meet with her grandfather. Now, at this point, I've seen Tony. She is a woman of color. And I was under the impression that she was a black woman. I don't know her racial background, but I thought, okay, maybe she's black and white. Maybe she's black and Mexican. Maybe she's Mexican and white or Hispanic and white. 
uh, Latin and white, or like you know, maybe she's had some because she looks like she can present as a black woman or as you know a Latin woman or whatever. We go to her trailer and meet her grandfather, and he's a First Nations. He's a Native American, and so I'm like, okay, I can see that now with her last name being Topaz. I wonder if she's Native American or um, First Nation, First Generation. I forget the politically correct way in which to describe I'm going to say Native American going forward because I don't recall how I should be referring to him and so um, not to offend anyone if I do please let me know and I'll correct it going forward but he is a Native American guy he's sitting up in a chair and I'm like oh, okay that makes sense now he tells Jughead the story of the serpents He's because he's the oldest living serpent. That's why Jughead is interviewing him. And Tony, I'm just so, ah, this scene, the fact that she showed up at school, you know, dressed pretty nice, and she's like, you know, come on. Then you cut to her and Jughead sitting on the couch in their trailer so he could speak to her grandfather. And she's sitting there just, you know, nice little piece of set furniture. And the grandfather starts telling the story about how Pickens slaughtered his entire people he's like well how did you know and i forget the name they use for the native american people who were here before but he said well how did these people become serpents and humble was like we didn't become serpents we were slaughtered we were murdered and killed my grandfather now this old ass man said my grandfather as a boy saw all these people murdered they came through pickings killed kids killed my everyone we became serpents we took on the mantle of serpents to keep a close-knit community because we were slaughtered, which Jughead's like, oh, how do anybody not know about this? Like, come on, white privilege, calm down. So Tony scoots her smug ass up and says, mm, yeah, it's called the whitewashing of history. Yeah, people know about it, motherfucker. And finally, they're uh, they're addressing race. I'm not sure how this is going to play out or if I even like how it's playing out. But they're, they're addressing race, finally. And I like that... Um, Jughead is having this like come to Jesus moment where he's having a nervous breakdown. But for everybody else, it's like, this is the life we lead, white boy. Yeah, sometimes, you know, shit ain't always what it seems. But even further, going back to the beginning of the episode, Cheryl is petitioning to get Pickens Day turned to like Blossom Day or whatever, because apparently her great great grandfather or whatever gave the money to Pickens to start Riverdale. Well, Pickens went through and killed all these goddamn people. Your great-great-grandfather or whoever financed that slaughter of all those people. Your family is just as uh, as implicit or whatever as the rest of the Pickens line. And Tony leans forward and says this line. I'm just like, this is good. She says, what, Jughead? You thought Jason Blossom was the first person to be killed in Riverdale? And it's so that line was so heavy to me because Riverdale is presented as this nice suburban little place where you can come live and have a good time. Even on the south side, you may be poor, but you still can have a pretty decent life. And the murder that has been, or the, yeah, the murder that has been highlighted is Jason's. And I have the impression that Jason's murder, which was like, I don't know, three months ago, six months ago, 12 months ago, was the first murder in a very long time. Like, it it held weight as the murder of Riverdale. But now it's like, no, Riverdale was built on murder. So, you know, that's what your white ass get. So, have you look come to Jesus moment, but realize that there's more than what you know. You know what I'm saying? So, good, good for them. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the rest of Welcome to Riverdale. 
Basketball was your sport. I'm branching out. Uh, what are you doing here, Mr. Lodge? Just uh, checking out the team. You know, I wrestled in high school. Really? No, I didn't know that. What weight class you in? 175, when I'm trying to get down to 170. Hey, Andrews, it's a good thing you're not in my weight class. I'd wreck you, gingerbread man. And we're back. So this nigga, Kevin, straight out the gate. This nigga says, oh, Betty, I forget. Now I know where I know Chick from. He's a big little gigolo. He's a, a trick, an online trick. He's this. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you're doing so well, Riverdale. What in the fuck do you mean? Like, it has been established that Chick is a sex worker. And for Kevin to have this reaction to him is just disgusting. It's utterly disgusting. And it's like, oh, are you somewhere safe you could talk? So him being a sex worker makes him violent. Like he's going to lash out and attack his family. Now, albeit, you do have a stranger in your house. A stranger who would have motive to murk y'all asses because he was abandoned at birth and you got the life that he didn't get to leap. But all that aside, just on the surface, him being a sex worker, that's the thing that makes you go, oh, are you somewhere safe? You know, because I don't want anything to happen to you. Like, nigga, calm all the way the fuck down. This show was doing an okay job with being progressive, but ugh. Alas, that... And from Kevin, of all people, like, nigga, you are the token gay. Like, show a little bit, whatever. So, um, we get a scene where Josie and Veronica are talking about, you know, doing a little Josie and the Pussycats type thing. And Mayor McCoy walks in. She's like, I thought we were focusing on your solo career. She's like, well, you know, this could be a one-night-only thing or whatever. And it's like, I hate that this show isn't addressing the fact that the Pussycat Dolls, the, the Pussycats are no more. Like, give me, don't give me that damn random-ass episode that didn't even feel like a real episode where they were just written out of existence it's like god damn it like you already slight Josie at every chance you get she doesn't get any screen time she has these almost moments and then the one moment she had with the black dude her black mom burst in talking about you know you're trash I don't want you anywhere near my daughter it's just like come on y'all are really dropping the ball with these characters and it's getting frustrating because no matter how much I like the show and some of the storylines it's like motherfucker you could have did better than this (sighs) okay diving right back into this damn show few things chuck is back chuck is the probably one of the best things about riverdale a handsome black male who is getting no play and i'm sick and goddamn tired of it following chuck's storyline i'd like to say this i'm tired of these black bodies being used for the entertainment of others or for pursuing someone else's storyline out of all the shit that chuck has been through be he the good guy the bad guy or whatever to bring him back as the antagonist just so that Archie can have some way to redeem himself in the eyes of Hiram Lodge is just disgusting. There's so many other guys. He could have took down Moose. He could have took down Kevin, whatever. But you got this black guy who seems to be the token bad boy, the token black not good guy. Like, he's good enough to throw in these little offhand scenes of a group of guys running uh, during practice or, or, you know, auditioning, auditioning, goddammit, um, trying out to be on the wrestling team, but he isn't good enough to give him a solid storyline. Even in the storyline with um, Josie, when he came back, he was still, it seemed as if, at least by the standards of the damn people in this town, that he was doing good. He was going to church. He was back from i don't know anger management or whatever he was doing 
his job, and yet that still wasn't enough. He was still relegated to the horrible person who was used to have somebody else's plot go for it. It's just like, I'm getting sick and tired of this shit. Like, whatever. So, all that being said, Chuck faced off with Archie, and Chuck is above his weight class, so they shouldn't have been fighting anyways. And this all stemmed from Archie and Hiram's back-and-forth pissing match about Veronica, which is just like, over that as well. Archie uh, confided, or not necessarily confided, he um, told Kevin the reason he's doing this is because even though Hiram, when he does, he doesn't like me, and I just want him to like me more. And every time he's disgusted with me, I just want to do more to prove to him he's wrong. It's like, okay, girl, whatever. Just, I don't care. At this point, the FBI agents come like a, like a side storyline now now it's not even doesn't even seem like it's that goddamn important but whatever all in all chuck is being handled poorly um i guess at least he's going to two schools he's at garfield high over there at black lightning and he's also here at riverdale getting shown no love like and the comparison is so freaking crazy because although i know it's not the same characters just the same actor playing two different characters but looking at him as khalil over in black lightning and the way in which he's interacted in just these two episodes he's been in he hasn't been a main star he's had some nice little monologues and whatnot but just seeing him interacting and being a regular black boy in high school dating girls and working out and having this um hood background but also not using it as some oh poor was me black boy from the hood type of it's just like (sighs) seeing the difference like on monday to tuesday or from tuesday to wednesday like it's just ugh, it's just disgusting and i'm over it riverdale is a good show but they dropped the ball so many different ways so many times um we get hal at the dinner table again the cooper's looking crazy as shit and them arguing about something and he's he being hal is like um you're here to fill a void. Look at the seat you're sitting in. That's our daughter's seat and such and such. And everybody's like, who hell? And I'm with him. It's like, you are here to fill a void. But Chick's okay with that. And he's like, well, you know, that's, I'm okay with that. I'll pay my way and whatever else. It's just like, a lot of this is taxing. All this sad story. Like, um, it's boring this storyline i'm interested to see how it ends up but just watching through it and seeing all the other things going on around this storyline i was like this has been the weakest of this episode because hell even penelope penelope's penelope's uh sex work and her storyline her appearances have been more exciting than chicks i'm tired of chick he's he yelled at betty because he went back to the brothel or whatever and his stuff was sold like, why'd you come in for me? You don't understand. And such and such. I'm just thinking, like, at some point, I get the trauma, but you can't, you can't blow up at her as if she's the reason why you're in this predicament when it's ultimately you. Now, not to say that he chose that life and, like, because there could, that could have been all that he had as far as options and what to choose from. But what you're not going to do is act like, the life of a sex worker is any different from the life of an athlete or someone with a blue collar job shit going in your personal life day in and day out sometimes you have to suck it up and just do your job if alice presence shook you up that much that you couldn't do the job that you knew you had to do which cost your landlord slash pimp i guess to rough you up that's not on betty that's on you shit happens 
every day. Like you just got to roll with the punches or find a way to make it work. So uh, Betty brought him a computer, her old laptop from, I don't know, somewhere. And I don't know, he yelled at her. Then he was praised her and whatever else. This shit is boring. Ultimately, we end up with him showing her a few sites where she can also do stuff on the camera to make money. Whatever, because she wants to compete the darkness that's within her. And maybe if you know how to control your darkness, I can control mine. Okay, Becky with the good hair. Moving on, the storyline that I thought was most interesting was Tony Topaz now finding out she's a woman of color and kind of what she is or a little bit of her genetic makeup. Knowing that and going forward, Jughead takes it upon his white savior self to write a column or an article in the Blue and Gold, which is apparently where everyone gets their info is from a high school newspaper, but whatever. And he's talking about how, yeah, you know, we're honoring this guy Pickett's and he destroyed 400 lives and he killed all these people and he's Native Americans and blah, 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 whatever. Tony is upset, understandably so. Now, for a lot of people out there, they might be like, oh, why is she upset? Well, your privilege is showing. That's not his story to tell. And ultimately, that's what she said. This is not your story. You're using my grandfather and the things that happened to him, his pain and suffering, as a weapon against the North Side because you're mad that you're not invited to their table anymore. You're mad you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. Don't use your vendetta against these people to exploit my grandfather's story. And they go back to the house and he apologizes, but he's like, oh, I was just so mad because such and such. And I'm thinking like, y'all are really about to forgive this motherfucker. He's like, well, you know, you opened up an old wound and now you have to heal that. And it's like, oh, well, how can we do that, granddad? Well, they go and they have a little silent protest. But all this being said, I'm thinking, why were you so easy, so quick to, so quick to accept this man's apology? Not only did he get this interview under false pretenses because he was supposed to give an interview, get an interview for his class. You've taken everything that you took from me that I was under the impression was for a class and you printed it in a paper. Now all these, like you said, old wounds are now open. Now you can say, Oh, well he was going to be open anyways. When he told it to the class, that's one thing. That's one thing being in a classroom setting, educating people, but then a print this in a paper and not even contact the dad, granddad and say, Hey, you know, now I feel like this is bigger than me. Would you mind if I print this or whatever? Nothing, but you give Hiram Lodge the courtesy, although he hung up on your ass to make a comment about this article. And like, it was just, I'm like, you keep using these Brown bodies to further your own agendas in this. So, and I'm trying to stay behind it, but I just, I can't. Jughead is trash. And Tony and her grandfather, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're trash, but you accepted his horrible ass apology, and I, I'm not here for it at all. Fuck him. Fuck Jughead. So um, what else? Okay, so we find out that Sierra McCoy, <laughs> the mayor, is unhappy with Veronica and Veronica and Josie's relationship, and she sabotages it. Well, Veronica, being the evil, I don't know, demon spawn in training that she is, says, okay, if she don't like it, we're going to have to do something else. At this little festival, fuck me all the way up, is that Veronica was introduced, you know, because she was going to perform and sing. They said, Veronica and the Pussycats. When I tell you I was on the floor, this holding went and got the Pussycats, and brought them up on stage. So she's just taking your hope. Now this 
is something I can get behind. If this brings in more conflict with Josie, more conflict with the Pussycats, with Veronica, and we have more of a storyline, something meaty we could sink our teeth into to follow out the rest of this season, I'm good with that. I'm not happy that that white girl shelled and broke up these black girls and that you're pushing this thing where Mayor McCoy now wants her to be on her own and all that, whatever. But the fact that you did something so dirty and you hit below the belt, but it was also warranted because I bet you was done with me. What else was I supposed to do? So I get it. And I'm there for it. I'm going to give it one or two more episodes to see what the fuck they do with this. Because I'm hoping that this isn't just some horrible ass plot line that they just never address again. But this was cool. Um, what else? What else? I'm thinking that's it. So hey, I'm about to wrap this shit up. My favorite character of this episode was Josie. Everybody black. Josie. Josie and Mary McCoy. Period. Um, favorite scene? Hmm. Honestly, even though Josie is my favorite, seeing Veronica up there with the Pussycats, seeing them get their kind of revenge, that was, I, I hate myself for liking it, but I did like that because that was the only moment in the whole episode where I was like, oh shit, for real? So yeah, that's my favorite scene. Um, So I don't know what the fuck going on with the FBI agent. Now Archie has an internship working with Hiram Lodge. It's just a bunch of foolishness, so... Um, also, Chuck. Chuck is also my favorite. So, Chuck, Josephine, the Pussycats, all my favorites. Um, yeah, so that's that. So, um, in the meantime, you know, hit me up on the Blurred, carefree, on the Blurred, on the Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag WCRPod when listening to this episode and when watching Riverdale live. And um, make sure to come back, same Riverdale time, same Riverdale station, <laughs> or stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay out of Riverdale if you're a black person or a person of color, because apparently these motherfuckers don't like you, these hoes ain't loyal, they ain't never loved us, and all that good shit, alright.